I'm starting to think that maybe we should do a potluck thing. Potluck, potluck. The potluck is going really great. A potluck. Seriously. Seriously. This is the Incredible Inman's Pop Culture Potluck. Welcome to the Potluck. My name's David Inman, and I'm joined again by my daughter, Nora Inman. Uh, hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Again. Thank you for having me back. Well response was stunning and so we wanted to do it again and we uh um the last time we did this we talked about are you afraid of the dark the show that was on nickelodeon back when you were a kid mm -hmm. and and when you were a kid in the 1990s mid to late 1990s i would say wouldn't would you agree that nickelodeon took up most of your tv watching time yes that and cartoon network but Nickelodeon was the number okay. one, I think. Okay. And in those days, Nickelodeon did a lot of... I don't even know. I guess they still do cartoons. It seems like every time I turn it on, it's some sitcom with kids on it. But um, in those days, Nickelodeon did a lot of cartoons, uh, which we'll talk about some other time, because there were so many of them. And some of the best known were like Rugrats and Doug. and But I think really... The one that was of the highest quality, to me anyway, as a parent watching, uh, was Hey Arnold. And we that's why we decided to talk about this. Right? Right. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, and I don't know if it's just re-watching it now as an adult and having that nostalgia as a kid, but it's so much deeper than I remember. And re-watching it now, there are a lot of things that I got out of it that I didn't get when I was mm -hmm. a kid. You had this kind of vague sense a lot of the time of, you know, learning a lesson and knowing that Arnold was a, just a good person, kind of, and right. a great character to base a show off of. Um, but rewatching it, we're out of it now as a grown-up with different life experiences than even yeah. as a kid. Well, and you know, that's, I think that's a mark of a great cartoon. I mean, uh, from Looney Tunes, the, you know, the Bugs Bunny cartoons, to The Simpsons, to, to this... A kid, but adults uh, are also find something in it, as you say, that that maybe the kids don't recognize at the time, but they may. But but that doesn't mean that the the message doesn't sink in a little bit. It's not really about messages. It's just about. Well, I guess we should start by laying out the concept of Hey Arnold, and and maybe talk a little about how it got started. Okay. I agree. Okay. <laughs> so the. Uh, uh, the creator of Hey Arnold is a guy named Craig Bartlett, and uh, he grew up in Seattle. And uh, he uh, went to Hollywood in, in the, uh, I would guess, the early 1980s. And one of his first jobs was working on the claymation cartoons that were on Pee Wee's Playhouse, which was on CBS Saturday mornings in the mid-1980s. And again, a show that, that definitely... Uh, appealed to kids and adults. And uh, uh, there was a claymation character on that show named Penny. And and out of that, uh, Bartlett got the idea to create the character of Arnold. He created it as a claymation figure and did three uh, short claymation films with Arnold. And uh, 
uh, one of which turned up on Sesame Street in the early 19... Arnold, or Arnold, Craig Bartlett showed some of the shorts to an executive at Nickelodeon, where he was also working as a writer on Rugrats, and Hey and Arnold was kind of born out of that. Uh, Bartlett's way of designing the characters was, was informed by his brother-in-law, who was Matt Groening, the man behind The Simpsons. In fact, Craig Bartlett is married to Matt Groening's sister, named Lisa. So when Matt Groening created Lisa Simpson, he used the name of his own sister. <laughs> and uh, uh, Groening gave Bartlett some good advice about uh, uh, creating characters, creating distinctive characters that could be identifiable from a distance away and also by silhouette. And you certainly see that in Hey Arnold with the shape of the characters' heads, including Arnold, who everybody calls football <laughs> head because he has such a distinctive head shape. And uh, Bartlett also got some advice from his wife, who decided that the girl on the show did, shouldn't be just simply mean like Angelica on Rugrats, that she should have a little more dimension to her. And, and she suggested that Helga be madly in love with Arnold, but in a very love-hate kind of way. And, and that certainly uh, appears in the show quite a lot. And, and uh, so we can, we can credit Lisa Groening uh, with that. So uh, uh, Bartlett wanted to set this Hey Arnold in a city like Seattle, kind of a combination, he said, of Seattle and Brooklyn. Um, so urban, uh, diverse, um, and Arnold lives with his grandparents who run a rooming house. Uh, and inside the rooming house is a real melting pot of, of people from all over the world. Uh, their borders are from Vietnam and Eastern Europe and, and a couple others who I, I don't remember. But that's kind of the setting of the story. And it's about Arnold and his friends and, and how he's kind of plagued by Helga and, and the things that happen to him. So we've talked about, we've mentioned several uh episodes that we liked and and uh that we're going to talk about today you may have your own favorites too and this is on hulu yes all so of it is on hulu if you want to watch these again you should go to hulu there are also some on uh one of the daily motion mm -hmm. except that they're all <laughs> the letters and all of them are backwards yes <laughs> which makes me think it was filmed off a mirror or something i don't know anyway hulu is probably a much better quality and a better place to watch it. yeah probably but if you don't want to pay for it you know you can find them somewhere yeah yeah do some digging yeah so so anyway nora did the research here and and talked about and, and found these episodes and i've i've watched them too and and they're really good representations of the show so let's get started yeah okay oh <laughs> first <laughs> i will say that um Apparently, as much as I loved this show, so did a ton of other people my age, because a couple days before recording this, I posted on Facebook, just kind of generally asking, did you watch Hey Arnold? What were your favorite episodes? What stuck with you? And I got way more input than I had ever expected. Um, so, and a lot of these things we'll go over when we talk about these episodes that I picked. Um, but a lot of, I wasn't the only kid that these sort of scenes and characters stuck with, I think. A lot of people my age and even older folks that might have had kids who were my age even commented oh, sure. and said, you know, 
I don't particularly remember, you know, a certain episode. I just remember kind of catching it every once in a while when my son was watching and just thinking, Arnold is such a good kid. Like, it's just a good show. Yeah. So it was fun to kind of have other people tap into that nostalgia, comment things like, wasn't there an episode when this happened? Or what was that character's name that said this? And it was fun being able to connect them with like, oh yeah, that was Oscar who lived in the boarding house. And... The one who talked like this. Yes. Oh, Arnold. <laughs> I don't know where he's from, but. <laughs> you know, okay, another story real quick. Uh, so he was... His character was actually based on... There was a guy who was the producer of the Rugrats named Gabor Zupo. C-S-U-P-O. I remember that name popping he was up from, he was, Yeah, he was from Hungary. He apparently died in his mid-50s, which is sad. But he talked exactly like Oscar. And so Craig Bartlett used that oh. when he created the character. <laughs> so he had that distinctive... He said, I don't even know if the guy talks like he's from Eastern Europe. He just talks the way I remember Gabor Zappo talking. <laughs> so anyway, that's where Oscar was from. Well, so one of these that was by far probably the most common response when I asked about it was, Stoop kids afraid to leave his stoop. Um, <laughs> Which I think also stuck with me very much, and so the first episode we'll talk about is Season 1, Episode 3, Stoop Kid. Yay! Um, so this one kind of starts out with, and it's Season 1, Episode 3, so it's really early on in the show and kind of helps set the tone for things that come later, and one of those big themes in this episode is urban legends. Um, they pop up a lot in this show, um, Stoop Kid, there's like Monkey Man, there's a lot of Halloween episodes, like the Ghost Train, um, the Rat King who lives in the sewer, oh, who Arnold has to one. play chess with, like there's a ton <laughs> of different characters that have this kind of weird backstory that the kids end up interacting with in some way, somehow, and take something away from it, usually that's probably not as scary as they thought it was. <laughs> Although the chess playing rat might have... That guy was weird. (laughs) For sure. Okay. Um, So this one kind of plays into that, and Gerald, Arnold's best friend, kind of becomes like the keeper of these urban legends. And so there's a lot of great episodes where, you know, Gerald gives this big grand framing story, and then they end up actually interacting with whoever the legend is about. And usually they turn out to be pretty normal people who are just dealing with some stuff. So they turned out kind of weird, which happens a lot yeah to many folks yeah um so that's poor stoop kid so he's just a kid who won't leave his stoop (laughs) he just kind of (laughs) so i mean when you saw this as a kid Mm -hmm. you're an adult and you're like oh i wonder what form of agoraphobia he has yeah you're trying to diagnose him or something but as a kid did you just think i mean he's he's although he yells at everybody he's a very sad sympathetic character because you really Mm -hmm. do he doesn't seem to want to get off the stoop and it's part of his persona and if he gets off he risks being known as just a kid i mean true yeah Mm -hmm. so and i i just you know it 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 wasn't quite as obvious as like oh we had nothing to worry about all along but it showed that that he had kind of put up this front and and uh he wanted to be known by this even though it meant he was like totally alone no. no it's true and uh watching it now especially being a social worker who has a lot of interest in child yeah. psychology this was a very different lens uh to watch it through than when i was a kid but in the show 
Um, in the urban legend part, you know, Gerald talks about kind of his origin story, and, you know, some people say that he just grew up out of the ground onto the stoop, or some people say whatever. But what it comes down to is there's a kid, he's probably an older kid compared to, you know, Arnold mm-hmm. and Gerald, who yeah, are in, like, fifth like grade. Yeah. Um, he might be, like, 14 or 15, maybe. Um, but he has this big old abandoned-looking building kind of all to himself, I would imagine, because otherwise people would be coming in and out using his stoop. Right, yeah. Um, so you're kind of just like, what happened that this kid is all alone? And he's he reads a lot, and so, you, you know, I don't know if he went to school or not, but it's just, it, he's so sad. He's such a sad character mm-hmm. um, re-watching it. But as a kid, it was much more uh, simple, I guess. <laughs> which I think can be broken down into the whole stoop kids afraid to leave the stoop. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Like that's the basic, that's the story basically. But how many, tells. So, but how many kids watching it might think, Oh, kind of in the same way that I'm afraid to X, Y, Z, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, they keep the story, his origin kind of purposely vague. I mean, yeah. they don't spell out, Oh, this is, you know, here's exactly why he's this way. It's, it's just like, it just kind of kind of happened. You're kind of left to kind of figure it out for yourself or mm-hmm. make up your own story. So, and each episode was split into two different like stories. So in reality, the whole Stoop Kid segment is like ten or eleven minutes long. Right, it's really yeah. short um, to kind of tell that story. Um, I think what stuck with me a lot watching this one and then carried through the rest of the episodes is how much Arnold is like a therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he really is, and. Um, <laughs> You know, at first he tries to just go up and politely ask for his football back, and mm-hmm. that doesn't go well. So then he kind of does a recon mission and hides in a trash can across the street and um, is trying to figure out maybe, you know, eventually he has to leave, right? But no, he takes showers out on that street, but he's just there <laughs> night and day. Um, but then at the, you know, as he kind of tries to build a relationship with him, he is sympathizing with him as opposed to being afraid of him or thinking Mm -hmm. he's mean Mm -hmm. or a bully um he identifies with him by getting those books to show him these magnificent (laughs) stoops like all around the world um in rome and various places and kind of showing him like i understand that you love this place very much i'm not gonna try and figure out why or (laughs) get into all that but the world is full of so many more of these things that you love, so why not go and see? And then as much as Steve Kid was made fun of by all the neighborhood kids just, like, chanting at him and laughing at him at the end, the whole neighborhood comes out to watch him just take one step off the stoop, and they're really supportive. So he, like, helped introduce him back into the larger society yeah. and got rid of that social isolation and kind of showed him that, like... People are rooting for you. You don't have to approach everything with such an adversarial attitude. Like, it's... People will accept you for who you are. You're still stoop, kid. You still love your stoop, yeah. but that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, go walk down the street every once in a while, even. <laughs> yeah, good episode. And good. And so even that early on, there's a pretty uh, definite spirit in Arnold that... Mm-hmm. that you know, it doesn't like come along, you know, what two or three seasons in. It comes from the beginning that they kind of know what kind of character they want him to be. And I feel like he's so like 
just has this, like, confidence in himself because he's also not trying to be preachy. Like, the episode ends with Harold, who's kind of the neighborhood bully, coming up and throwing his popsicle down on the stoop, and then Stoop Kid's like, surprise, I can run down the block and chase you. You know, and Arnold's not like, wait, stop, what did we just learn? Like, he just kind of, like, sighs and then goes home. So, like, he's not being preachy to all these kids or trying to be, like, this shining example of what a good kid is. He's just Arnold. That's just how he is. No wonder Helga loves him. I know. (laughs) We'll talk about that episode. for sure. Man, that gave me feelings. (laughs) Speaking of feelings, (laughs) the next one on my list, uh, season one, episode 11, is Arnold's Christmas. Which was another one that got brought up a lot um, in the Facebook comments about a very memorable episode. Um, oh, okay. Now I, I, I connect. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So in this one, um, Arnold's boarding house has a secret Santa and Arnold pulls Mr. Wynn, who is presumably from Vietnam. I don't know if they ever actually say where he's from, um, but you kind of put that together mm-hmm. while you're watching it. Um, and he realizes he doesn't really no Mr. Wynn at all, or what he would like, and so he tries to just sit down and talk to him and get to know him a little bit, um, and ends up learning that they're very vague about it. They don't actually say the Vietnam War or where he's from, but they have flashbacks to 20 years prior when uh, Mr. Wynn was living back in his country, whatever country that was, and there was a war going on, and his little daughter, who was a baby, um, it was just the two of them, and he loved her so much that as the troops were getting closer, he ended up leaving um, his town and running to the military base and kind of at the last moment was able to get his daughter onto a helicopter to America, mm-hmm. um, but there wasn't any room for him, so he sacrificed you know, her to let her go and have a better life and be safe, and then now, 20 years later, he's just in this city t- trying to track her down. So that's a heavy concept (laughs) for kids, first of all. Yeah. Like, I remember even as a kid watching it and just being like, that happens? (laughs) And it does. I mean, and it's not, like, overly exploitative or anything like that. Like, it's a short scene, but it's just, like, heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so Arnold, again, in his therapy way, takes it all in and is like, I'm going to find her. (laughs) I'm 10 years old. I'm going to find her. And... Um, he and Gerald end up going to this government building, um, trying to, like, track down her records. All they know is her name and probably how old she is about, um, and then, you know, Christmas things ensue. They have to go shopping for this dude who was an idiot and put off his Christmas shopping until Christmas Eve. And, you know, so if they go buy all the things he wants, then, um, he will do this search for them and figure out where the daughter is. And, um, Helga actually comes in clutch at the end because the last thing that was on this man's list was these very sought after snow boots for his daughter that were all sold out um but helga ended up getting a pair what was the the skater made me think of like nancy kerrigan i know i can't uh, i can't remember what her name was i should have written it down but yeah yeah there was some yeah there's some sweet boots man (laughs) they're like red and gold and steel toe um so helga ends up giving this man the boots, her own boots that she wanted so badly for Christmas and kind of strong-arming him (laughs) into going back into his office and doing the search. But then, you know, in the end, lo and behold, Arnold's not actually the one who found her. Helga was. 
and so it's a nice little Christmas surprise that the daughter comes to the house and she and her father are reunited for the first time in like 20 years and yeah. it's just a Christmas miracle um, <laughs> so that was overall I think that's one of the most remembered episodes of the show definitely um, did you notice that the guy working in the government building was named Mr. Bailey? Oh, <laughs> the like it's a wonderful man. life. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh, I get that reference. Yeah. Um, but in this one, they're already kind of building Helga up to be not just your typical bad kid um, in a mm-hmm. TV show because she has this entire monologue to herself, which her monologues to herself are just amazing, and so often they're like. Um, you know, oh, Arnold, that dumb football head, he's always getting in the way of everything, but yet, <laughs> and then goes into this whole, like, With the violins, yeah. Um, but she has this great monologue about this, like, moral dilemma of, you know, I should get mine, I shouldn't worry about anybody else, it's Christmas, like, treat myself, this is what I wanted, I deserve it, but also, like, but hmm. me giving this big thing up would not only help Arnold get his secret Santa gift successfully, because she knows that meant a lot to him, but also helping this other person who she doesn't even know, but she can understand how much more important it is that he gets to see his daughter versus her getting these snow boots. So that was, like, a real and she's, moment. And she's figuring, out, f- figuring it out for herself. There's no adult kind of saying, well, Helga, if you think about it, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. You know, she figures it all out. And and in the same way that kids watching it would, would figure it out without an adult having to tell them. To. In fact, they would certainly pick up the message more on Hey Arnold probably than on something else that was, I don't know, not a cartoon. Well, so. yeah, and that's like another thing that I love about this show is that it never condescends to no, kids. Ever. It doesn't no. make these things black and white and like... Here's your lesson of the day. Let's you know write it out very clearly. It's it doesn't dumb down anything. It, it understands gives kids credit for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It understands that kids are smart, and through these little short ten or twenty minute scenarios, they can kind of come to their own conclusions about. And even like Arnold isn't always the one doing everything exactly right. Like it's not like you can use him as like your moral guidepost because he makes mistakes too. Yeah, sure. Because people make mistakes and nobody's perfect. And And as long as you try, Mm -hmm. if you're just trying to do good things, then that's enough. And I think that message is really powerful for a lot of kids. Especially ones who think they have to be perfect. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Cool. That was a good one. I I actually, when I watched that um, again and when I was reviewing it, it, I did remember that one. It's a classic and a tearjerker. Yes, it is. Um, I I threw one in the middle. <laughs> That's not uh, fitting with this overall theme, really, of uh, Arnold being a... I guess the original idea for this episode came when we were talking about kid shows and uh, one that we could talk about and the theme. Um, and what I immediately thought of was how a- Hey Arnold teaches kids empathy. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was so complex that it really tackled a lot of these um, issues and showed kids how to be empathetic and that it's okay to have sad feelings, it's okay to go through tough things, like, just try to be, do good and go by your own moral compass, don't let other people influence 
you and how you should act. Um, so that's the larger theme of all of these episodes, but this one doesn't fall into that. <laughs> this one I just really liked <laughs> and remembered vividly as a kid. Um, and again, people on the Facebook also remembered this one. Um, season two, episode 17, What's Opera, Arnold? <laughs> Where Arnold and his classmates all go on a field trip to this opera to see Carmen. Um, and Arnold ends up falling asleep and kind of having his own dream sequence. And then Helga falls asleep and has hers and everybody's singing opera. And it's just a really fun episode. It's and so, and this is, you know inspired by the what's opera doc cartoon with bugs bunny and elmer fudd doing doing grand opera and and uh, i don't know if it's a dream in that one or not but it's the same idea they're wearing the costumes and in fact i think they're wearing the they're in character they're an opera character for the entire episode they don't like come on and say hey now we're going to do opera they're just like in it from the beginning mm-hmm. so yeah and it has so many good references that again kids probably won't get <laughs> but as an adult rewatching it um, Harold is the sad clown at the beginning. Um, <laughs> Helga becomes the Valkyrie from Wagner with all that awesome music, except instead of like the sword, she has like, her golden magic slingshot, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, and then of course the kids kind of end up acting out the whole, not the whole plot of Carmen, because that's a little racy <laughs> and ends in murder. This one doesn't end in murder. Um, but, you know, first Ruth, Arnold's crush, in his dream, she's Carmen, and he's Don Jose, and then, um, later in Helga's dream, she kind of kicks Ruth out, and she becomes the Carmen, and, <laughs> um, kind of dealing with, like, this, like, a, the whole, you know, having a crush on somebody, and just, like, fantasizing about how cool it would be if they were so romantically into you that they had to sing this song in front yeah, of everybody yeah. and these fantasy grand everybody has. gestures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, these episodes or these cartoons that, that incorporate classical music help me remember the music more than I would by just listening to it. I mean, I always tell people the only reason I know about the Unfinished Symphony is that there's a Casper the Friendly Ghost cartoon from when I was a kid where he... He decides to help Franz Schubert finish the Unfinished Symphony. And so the whole episode is like them making up music at the end. But that's why I remember this song, just just from that. So cartoons are educational. Yeah. So there. So there. (laughs) And another kind of theme that goes through the show, um, and definitely in this episode, but also in most of the other ones that we watched, is dream sequences. There's a lot of dream sequences. Yeah, sure. Right, yeah. in Stoop Kid, when Arnold's in the trash can, he kind of has a dream of, like, this giant... I don't exactly remember, but he has a dream about the Stoop Kid, and um, in the Christmas one, I don't think he... I don't think there's a dream sequence, but obviously this one isn't entirely dreams. Um, and then in the next one that we'll talk about, there's also some very emotional dream sequences that happen, but um, I didn't remember being that having that as such a part of the show, but I think it makes sense to kind of show us what's going on in Arnold's head or in the other characters' heads. And also, I think just as kids, you have these really crazy, vivid dreams that impact you way more than you do as an adult. Like, I can't remember the last time I had a dream, and if I did, it was probably boring. It was probably like, I have this deadline at work. (laughs) As a kid, every feeling you have, or at least most feelings, are just overwhelmingly intense, I'm sure, Mm because it's just like... 
you get older, you get jaded, you're just things don't excite you as much as they do or scare you or whatever than when you're a kid. And so you you tend to f- I remember, you know, staying up all night cuz I had an overdue library book. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just things like that affect you. So, yeah. So that's another cool element of the show. Mhm. Um so the next one we'll talk about is season 5 episode 6 Parents Day. And this was another one that really stuck with people for a long time. It's also pretty emotional. Um, So the whole... For the whole show, you know that Arnold is being raised by his grandparents, but it never really talks about his Mm -hmm. parents or what happens Mm -hmm. to them. Um, So this really addresses that. Um, And it's so... Essentially, uh, Arnold's school is having a parents' day... um, and Arnold is kind of embarrassed that his grandparents are there to stand in for his parents. Um, who are who are characters in themselves. I mean... I love them so much. <laughs> Grandpa Phil. Um, and so, who, I mean, just love him so much. And, and it kind of tells you more in this episode. But essentially it kind of starts with um, Grandpa Phil telling Arnold some wild you know, story. It's like he embellishes these crazy stories and kind of makes up these crazy adventures about Arnold's parents and, um, you know, things that they had done. And one night Arnold, you know, is kind of thinking about it and he asks him, well, what really happened? Like, tell me the real story of how they met and, um, all that. And so it goes into the backstory of Arnold's parents who were both somehow very attractive and very intelligent <laughs> scientists, both in this remote jungle, somehow had a meet cute. We work and at the Hanson Laboratory. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, two white people finding each other in that jungle is crazy. Um, but of course, they're on this crazy mission. They're like Indiana Jones and female Indiana Jones. I don't yeah. know. Um, but so they you know meet, fall in love, move back to. Brooklyn or Seattle or wherever the grandparents live. <laughs> Brooklyn-addle. Brooklyn-addle. Um, have Arnold, and then when he's, like, a toddler, they get called back to South America because this village is very sick and they need them to come back and figure out, you know, what's killing all these people. Um, so the parents fly off in their plane and then they're never heard from again. Um, Just like Elsa and Anna's parents. <gasps> Those jerks. Except those parents were jerks. Arnold's parents were nice. <laughs> um, but in this one, there's there's a lot of different dreams, actually, that really make it super poignant. Um, there's one that Arnold has after Grandpa Phil tells him what really happens, and it's kind of a flashback um, to when he was a toddler and he woke up scared and was crying for his parents. Um, and it's this, you know, scary nightmare scene where he's, like, crawling through these hallways Um, trying to find them, calling for them. He can't find them. They're not there. And then a door opens and Grandpa Phil and Grandma, you know, are there and pick him up and, you know, swing him around, hug him, put Mm. him back to bed. And you're, I'm already, like, crying. I'm just (laughs) like, oh, Grandpa. Um, And then later in the episode, at the end, it actually ends with Arnold having this dream. He has this awesome bedroom, which is another thing that people kept you know, remembering, but he has this huge skylight yeah, on his ceiling, I remember that. and he hears this propeller, and he looks up, and it's the plane that his parents were last seen in, and he gets in and like flies off, and Aww. that's the end of the episode. And I'm just like, oh god. Um, but 
in the middle, <laughs> while all of this emotional stuff is happening, um, there's Helga's horrible parents, who, uh, yeah. um, Helga's dad is, you know, constantly yelling at her for losing, like, the sack race or whatever, um, he ends up saying some really mean stuff to Arnold about his grandparents. I think he calls him, like, orphan boy. Like, he's just a total <laughs> piece of crap. Um, so there's all that contrast going on, you know, between him and Helga's mom, who just is whacked out of her mind on something all the time. I don't yeah. know what, but she's just totally disconnected from reality. Um, that contrast with Arnold's grandparents, who, you know, even though they're older and a little bit kooky, like, they love him very much yeah and, and they're always supportive. there for him. yeah exactly um yeah so it's just there's a lot going on in that episode i remember was this an hour-long episode i remember yeah, some there being something like very special minutes. about it i don't know if they just promoted it a lot and said you know now you can know the whole story of arnold's parents or something i don't know it was a big deal and then i think it was it, in all the papers at some point i think they made like a movie and that might have Maybe been a larger was, okay. plot point but yeah. i think especially for kids that's such a visceral fear of not having your parents anymore or sadly for a lot of kids especially you know i'm gonna be a bummer now and social worker but now with the opioid crisis the numbers of kids who aren't living with their parents anymore is like the highest it's ever been there's at least 10,000 kids in Kentucky that have been removed from their homes and so many of them live with their grandparents now because of the opioid crisis. Mm. Like, there's this huge rise in grandparents taking care of their grandchildren because the parents just can't. Um, So I think that that episode today would still have a lot of weight to it. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And maybe, like, even more relevant. I don't know. How did you feel as a grandpa watching it? Uh, Well, I mean, it's... My, if there's one thing that can make me cry at the drop of the hat, it's it's my grandkids. So <laughs> that that uh, that you know, it's very affecting. And you, you know, but you're also glad you're able to be there for them if they need it, and and uh, it makes you feel really good. Yeah. Till there, <laughs> it's a beautiful episode. And again, like Arnold isn't thrown into despair or anything. He's not like right. refusing to. You know, he's well, you know, huge it's like his grandparents have helped him grieve and and get used to the idea that his parents aren't there. Mm-hmm. Unlike, and they're great. Unlike Helga's parents, who come up in this next episode, which is, yes. boy, this was a dark episode. This was, I mean, it had funny stuff in it, but it's, it it had the longest exposure to Helga's home life that than than I remember in any of the cartoons. And, and uh, it's it's sad. It's yeah. really, it's really sad. It was hard to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this is season four, episode sixteen, Helga on the couch. Um, so in this one, a child psychologist ends up being hired by the school district, and so she visits PS one eighteen, where all the kids go to school, and sees Helga bullying one of the kids in the hallway. Um, and kind of takes an interest in her and brings her in for a therapy session. And through that, we kind of get flashbacks of what Helga's home life is like. Yeah. Well, and she watches her. Maybe you're going to get to this. I don't mean to jump ahead. But mm-hmm. she, she, the psychologist watches Helga shoot like 87 spitballs <laughs> into the back of Arnold's head. 
And so clearly she's like, well, something is going on here. And so, but yeah, but she, so she calls Helga into her office and Helga comes in very belligerent and, and kind of testing and, I mean, not in an, an inappropriate way. I'm sure there are kids who act that way in an office and she oh, handles yeah. her really well. They even jump rope together and I do know, stuff I like that. that so that was cute. But she, but she gets Helga to think about, you know, Arnold and, and, when Helga figures out that the psychologist is kind of on her about Arnold, she freaks out. And I... Oh, hold on. <coughs> Sorry. I love that moment where, um, you know, Helga knows that she's kind of been found out at a certain point. Like, this woman's smart, and Helga's yeah. not great at hiding it. Um, but, you know, the psychologist just tells her, you know, professionally... I'm really not allowed to tell anyone what you say in here. Like, I pinky swear uh, I will, you know, never tell anybody any of this. Like, you really can tell me. And that's the first time that Helga's actually been able to verbalize those feelings to another person, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, such a powerful thing for her. Um, Well, yeah, because she... um... Nobody pays attention to her at her house, so she could do whatever she wants. She has a shrine to Arnold that she's built in her bedroom, and she... Is this the episode where she comes out with, like, a gigantic canoe on her head? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because she's been... Whoa, it's in the shape of Arnold's head. Yeah. And her parents just don't even... They're, her mother is, is, yeah, totally checked out. Always seems to have a drink in her hand in this episode. She, mm-hmm. There's a lot of blundering... Running a blender and drinking. Yeah. yeah. And her father is just... What I love about her father, though, is that he sells beepers. And so I get, like, perverse pleasure in thinking, five years from now, buddy, you're going to be out of business because <laughs> everybody's going to have a cell phone. Not so big, Bob, anymore. Yeah, right. But, but yeah, and it's and, they, and they're not just neglectful of Helga. They, they idolize her older sister, Olga, who seems to do everything right and who is kind of insufferable, but they, they think she's wonderful. And so... It's really a hellish <laughs> home situation for Helga. I mean, you really do um, come away sympathizing with her. And it's funny because um, Olga, you know, in this episode, it's all in flashbacks from Helga's memory. So even if it's seemingly objective, it's still yeah. a subjective thing. And I believe, I think it was later in the seasons, I don't, I don't think this episode would have been before, but later there's an episode about Olga, um, and essentially, I should have rewatched this one so I could remember in more detail, but from what I remember, um, Helga, you know, is jealous of Olga, who's visiting home from college or something, and so she changes one of her grades on her, like, report oh, card I to do remember that a, now. a minus. I think from an A plus or from an A, um, and Olga has a total breakdown. I mean, she's like in her room sobbing for like days and is that. gonna abandon her college so that she can like move to Alaska and teach Inuit children or so. And like before, she's about to get on the plane. Helga's like, "I'm sorry, I d- I didn't know." And so you see in that way how their parents mess both of them up a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's and true. Yeah, even. You know, it's the same way that Helga seems really, you know, nasty and um, aggressive on the outside, but really she just, like, Arnold's the only person who's ever showed her any sort of kindness. It's the same thing with Olga. Like, she seems so perfect and 
uh, amazing on the outside, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. on the inside, she it's like one single thing happens. She'll just snap yeah, because she she has to be perfect for her parents because she's the perfect one. And so you kind of see that dynamic later. Um, I thought it was interesting that this episode came so late in the series because I think there were five seasons total. And this is I think so towards too. the tail end of season four. Um, and it gives so much background and it is so enlightening on why Helga acts the way that she does towards Arnold and just kind of towards everybody. And, um, it's interesting to me that after these four seasons of knowing her in this one way, then you watch this episode and mm-hmm. it, it explains it so kind much. Of, yeah, it really does. Yeah. And you go back and look at the other ones with this totally different perspective mm-hmm. of her. Um, but that scene... <laughs> When she's, like, in preschool, and all her parents are fawning over Olga, and um, there's, you know, a little flashback, and she's so tiny, and she's like, who's gonna take me to preschool? Oh. <laughs> and her parents are just like, I don't know, figure it out, whatever. And so she's this, like, tiny little girl, like, walking to school in the rain by herself, and there's all these big scary adults, and she gets, like, mud splashed on her, and she's just so sad, and she gets to preschool, and this someone's holding an umbrella over her and she looks and it's little tiny Arnold (laughs) and then he tells her he likes her bow and you just see her like little face light up and like that's the moment where she's like I think I wasn't able to see the end of this one so yeah yeah and then and you know she is just like totally just like smitten with him and because and Arnold's just doing him you know like he doesn't yeah, have any yeah. ulterior motives he's just like oh here's a little girl who's wet come stand under my umbrella yeah, or she yeah. looks sad let me tell her i like her bow and um then later all the other it's all the same kids from you know when they're older but they're all preschool yeah, size right, yeah but they notice her kind of looking at arnold with like goo goo eyes and they all start making fun of her and so that's when she she goes underground yeah and that's when she's like i'll punch you if you keep making fun of me and so it's like oh there it is. <laughs> like, that's that um, vacillating between pure love and adoration and yeah. anger yeah. and su- trying to suppress it because, you know, they the other kids have told her that there's something wrong with that, which is sad. Yeah. But yeah, this... And then, so, you know, she she has this amazing moment with the psychologist and she's just going for it just like i love him i love him he's wonderful he's amazing and just that awesome like catharsis for her mm-hmm. that you're just like yes girl again therapy is awesome i recommend it to everybody <laughs> this was a great example um and you know she's like but what do i do now what do i do now and the psychologist is like you don't have to do anything if you don't want to like you you know whatever you want if you want to tell him that you feel that way then like go for it if you want to keep that to yourself that just keep on doing you like that's fine but don't take it out on other people um so as she's leaving the office she's having you know another one of her monologues of oh i'm going to tell him i'm gonna tell him that i love him and blah 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 and then she actually runs into him on the street and is just like move it football head and like that's it um and so arnold to him you know he's just like geez okay whatever like (laughs) what's wrong with you um but for her you know after he walks away she has this little moment. She, um, there's a like grocery 
booth thing outside with a bunch of lemons on it mm-hmm. and she looks at them and they all turn into little arnold heads oh i did see that and yeah. one of them says like looking good helga and she like winks at it and then kind of <laughs> walks away so it was you know she's still the same you know same behaviors hopefully not as physically abusive to the other children um uh, hopefully she learned something yeah but now she kind of has that little inward like pep of like it's a, you know, that's how it is. You don't need to push down all those feelings of love. Like, you mm-hmm. can still have yeah. those and have your little moment with the lemons and then <laughs> go on with your life. <laughs> so, although it was a very sad episode and it didn't have, like, an incredibly happy ending. I mean, they didn't get together or anything. No. Um, but just for her. Yeah, that's about the best you can hope for, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you just have this, like, sense of relief with her of, like... You told somebody. (laughs) You don't have to keep that all secret from everyone forever. So there was one episode that you didn't mention, and I I don't remember the title of it, but and somebody did mention it on Facebook. It's the one where it's a snow day, Mm -hmm. and Arnold has a whole bunch of chores to do, and his grandfather's kind of cracking the whip on him, which is unusual for him. And then he realizes that he should just be allowed to, like, go out and play and they flood the street and freeze mm-hmm. it and turn it into an ice skating rink and yeah. it's just a really sweet episode it just it's very idyllic i love the setting of the show because so many kid shows are like you know in the suburbs and everybody has these white picket fence houses and just the fact that this one was in such an urban setting that was like mm-hmm. its own character and it gave the show its own personality. Yeah. And there's all these other different characters. You know, there's like the mailman who the kids know and the butcher. There's an episode that features like Harold working for Mr. Green, the yeah, butcher. Green meats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like all the all these buildings and, you know, fire hydrants in the street and, yeah, and yeah. things like that. And things like, you know, the buses and the subways feature in it too. Um, well, the whole boarding house idea is just funny because it's mm-hmm. very much out of like, you know, the 1930s or 40s. I mean, boarding houses pop up a lot in old movies when, you know, you kind of want to get a group of characters together. But I mean, in contemporary, well, now that in the era where they're probably making a comeback, it's like artisanal boarding houses or something. But <laughs> but at this point in the late 1990s, boarding houses were pretty much non-existent. But yeah, it was I a great, but was. again, it was a way to bring together all the people. The guy, uh, there was a guy who lived there for that one episode, Dino Spumoni. Yes. And that was kind of the rack, Rat Pack Ocean's Eleven he had split up with his partner and it was kind of a parody of those lounge singers of the 50s and 60s that was pretty funny so he sounded you like better Frank not Sinatra. touch my gal or you'll be something something, no, or something. i'll pop you in the kisser <laughs> yeah dino's family or like i remember one episode where um all the kids get stuck on a subway car like it for this some is not r- the ghost train episode no but okay. i guess there was also a subway in that one um no but in this one they're and it's them and also other adult citizens of people that they don't know but you know they're on the subway and then all of a sudden it kind of like shuts down and so they're all like trapped in this confined space and like freaking out a little bit and the episode just kind of like builds and builds and builds and everybody's freaking out and i think arnold ends up you know 
doing something to calm them down <laughs> and keep everybody from killing each other. And then, you know, the subway starts back up. But that, it, you know, the subway itself is a character. In the first episode ever, um, Arnold and Gerald are coming back from a school play where they're dressed as, like, a banana and a strawberry. <laughs> and they end up getting lost on the bus and going to the wrong stop. And so then they have Which to, like, find Which always reminded me of the end of To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, where she's a you know she's <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there was a reference to that too a little bit, yeah, yeah. I and there was also was like called... a Leave It to Beaver episode where he was dressed as that. So there's a. I feel like that episode was called like We Are Fruits or something. So that was like the name of the school play, and they had sang a song about being fruits. <laughs> oh, they did We Are Fruits. That's a great play. <laughs> a classic, Ran for three years on Broadway. A classic yeah. play. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, in the midst of all of this heavier stuff, which we picked for this episode, there are also just ones that are... Oh yeah, it's goofy. a funny cartoon. Yeah, it's 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 main reason to exist is to be entertaining. I mean, there's not... What else? I'm trying to remember some of the ones that the other Facebook commentators... Because I'd be interested from a... So from a parent's perspective, I appreciated the ones with like Arnold and his grandparents or the one where... They, they flooded the street and, and ice skated all day. Even though it was pretty light on plot, it was just heavy on atmosphere and it was nice. And so, but watching it as a kid, I would wonder, you know, what, what episodes would have been more eye-opening to me? One that um, I forgot about until posting on Facebook and I had a few different people mention it was, um, I think it's season one, episode two, um, I think it's called Field Trip, but it's Arnold and his class go to the aquarium, and they had gone before in, like, first grade, but Arnold had chicken pox, so he couldn't go. So this was his first time going, and the whole time all these kids are talking up Lockjaw, who is this huge sea turtle, um, and they're all, you know, it's kind of that urban legend thing again, right? Like, everybody mm -hmm. has some tale about, like, how scary he is, and how fierce, and how huge, and all this stuff, and... They end up going to the aquarium and Arnold sees Lockjaw and he's just kind of like this sad turtle. So it's kind of a free willy thing um, where the other kids are like, you know, throwing ice cream at it and like laughing at it. And um, Lockjaw goes down his little tank and Arnold goes down some stairs to the bottom of the tank. And they just kind of have this moment of Arnold again being this like crazy empath and just kind of like... <laughs> You, you must be free. And so he and his grandma end up breaking into the aquarium later and rolling the Is turtle. Is that when she's dressed as a ninja? Yeah. She, okay. <laughs> and like rolling the turtle on a skateboard out to the pier and, you know, putting him in the ocean and he swims away. And so I think that was another one early on that really showed like mm -hmm. how yeah, much Yeah, all over the place yes, on that one. definitely. Um the kids are being jerks and meanwhile he's like how can i help you mr turtle and it's not even another human just like another living being a big sad turtle um so that was another one that people seem to remember very fondly um and for good reason it's it's a good episode yeah yeah let me see what else people said let's see you did get a lot of responses to this i kept seeing the comments just yeah, so if you all are listening to this, anyone who commented on Facebook, thank you so much for your help, yeah. and I hope you enjoy. Um, let's see, one where Helga gets high on happy gas at the dentist and leaves Arnold a love voicemail message on his answering <laughs> machine and then has to sneak back into his house to erase it. Uh, that was a good one. 
see. Obviously, Mr. Wynn finding his daughter. Oh, there was one with um, Phoebe, which was another great one. So Phoebe is yeah, Helga's she was a best great character, friend. yeah. Um, but she's a little more sensitive and nicer. Um, but <laughs> she is, and she's like super brainy. And there's some poetry competition at school, and she ends up plagiarizing her poem, and she wins. Um, and she wins this little Emily Dickinson statue, and for the rest of the episode is, like, haunted by it. Like, she's, <laughs> she's trying to sleep, and I can't, it says something. It's like, cheater. But, like, it, like, whispers, like, it's, like, angry, whispering voice, and she keeps hearing it, and she, like, tries to hide it in a drawer, but it w- won't stop, you know, just accusing her. It's like the Telltale Heart, but yeah. with the Emily Dickinson statue, and so, you know, at the end she ends up admitting what happened and, you know, turning the figure back in and alleviating her guilt, but that was another memorable one. Um, Dina Spumoni, Big Bob and his beepers. The Pigeon Man. The Pigeon Man is another um, good urban legend one. Yeah. About some mysterious old man who's just obsessed with his pigeons and all the kids are afraid of him and I don't remember what exactly the story was behind him but you know of course Arnold goes up and kind of gets to know him and he's just a lonely old man who takes care of pigeons and he's nice. I wonder if that came out before or after Home Alone. Uh after I think. Home Alone was like 1994. So this was well I don't know pretty close together actually. Because I remember like you know, in Home Alone, that's another thing, is the creepy old neighborhood man that they're all like, he's a murderer, but then... In Home Alone, and, and like, is there... Okay, so I'm thinking of somebody who lived, like, up above Carnegie Hall. That's in Home Alone 2. Yes. Okay. And she has a lot of pigeons all the time, so... Mm, now, that one didn't come out until maybe 96 or 97, they so... They copied the have, pigeon they man! Have. Somebody sue them. <laughs> Um, yeah, just a ton of stoop kid being afraid to leave his stoop. The Sewer King episode, which is a great one. Um, okay, here we go. This is from my friend Biggs. Thank you, Biggs. He wrote a very detailed, like, two different comments that had, like, four paragraphs each. Wow. Obviously, the show had an impact on him as well. Um, but he said... The episode when Harold steals a ham from Mr. Green the Butcher and he makes him pay him back for it by working at the shop. Um, Harold realizes that he genuinely likes Mr. Green's company because he cares about him as a person and values him developing Harold's skills. Harold's kind of a bully with one tooth? Yes. Okay. Um, and then we learned about Harold's hectic and terrible home life. Mm. Again, coming in. And how Mr. Green never had any kids, um, so they each get a lot out of their newfound relationship with each other. Hmm. Um, And so my friend said, I had never before considered people who are frequently cruel for no reason are typically suffering themselves, and that compassion can go a long way toward helping people recognize their own trauma and try to break the cycle. Biggs! I know! Which is like, that just... I mean, that wraps up everything that we've been talking yeah, about, really essentially. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what it taught kids. It, it gives you that first moment of, like, maybe they're not being mean because they are a mean person inherently. You know, and... Um, maybe something's hurting them, or maybe they're sad about something. Exactly. Or, yeah. And we talk about, um, in providing, like, trauma-informed care to people, 
instead of asking what's wrong with you, you're supposed to think more of what happened to you. What what are your past experiences? What's shaped you and led to this behavior happening? Because usually it doesn't just occur on its own. Usually it's a reaction to mm-hmm. something. And so kind of showing kids that, like, he's not just a bad person. Like, sometimes people just do bad things as defense mechanisms because of something else that happened. And sometimes yeah. you can break through or those walls. that's the walls. only way they've learned to react to things or something. Mm-hmm. And I think Arnold, like, teaches other people, you know, the other kids he's kind of a role model for not being afraid of and avoiding somebody who might seem a little prickly on the outside, um, that they can, you know, really still be kind people with interesting stories and everybody has something good in them, Yeah, I think. And, yeah. and so that's the main takeaway that a lot of kids, I think, from watching that show got. Yeah. There were a lot worse things you could take away from it. Yeah. So, yeah. Excellent. Okay, well, um, there are other Nickelodeon cartoons out there. I'm sure we'll talk more about them sometime. But this this really did seem like one that, that offered the most meat and, and uh, uh, the most complexity to talk about. So I'm glad we did it. Me too. Thanks. And uh, we'll sign off for this one, and we'll see you guys later. Bye. Thank you. Bye. My name's David Inman. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to my daughter, Nora, for joining us today. See you later.